everyone, and welcome to KFAB, the podcast. Podcast about wrestling and fashion. But mostly fashion. I'm Sarah. I'm Christina. And I'm Katie. We're just so excited right now because KFAB is 30, and I feel like our little podcast has finally figured herself out. Mm -hmm. Wow. You know, um, she's yeah. like ready to leave those like messy 20s behind mm -hmm. and move into this next phase of her life as a confident woman podcast. Honestly, like the below her butt is still like a little bit like cellulite, -y, but now she's like fine with it. She owns it. Mm -hmm. She's been listening to a lot of Lizzo. She feels good. Yes. Yep. And she also has like gotten rid of those guys that she was trying to fix her whole life. Yes. Wow. Oh, Katie. Wow. You know, shout out mm -hmm. to her prior. <laughs> really insightful. Also, Christine. Christina, did you add the GIF on our opening page? I want to be 30, flirty, and thriving, yeah. Mm -hmm. From the eternal classic, 13 going on yes. 30. Look, I really don't like Jennifer Garner at all. Ooh. Hot take. Whoa. Um, I don't, it's it's not worth going into, but this movie is fun. I it's, loved it. It is fun. It's fun. Also, I think, at least for me, when I started to realize that maybe Mark Ruffalo was cute, it was a slow process He's too for short me. for me. Well, like, and now I think it's gone back around where I'm like, I can't fuck Hulk. No. I'm not, a lot of people oh, think see, they can, you're not but I'm not one fucker? of those people. <laughs> see, mine would probably be opposite, right? Oh, yeah. If we think about it, I think, wouldn't I want to yeah. fuck a giant green thing? No? Well, now well. he's like the in-between one where he looks like Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. Oh, really? He wears like, it's, I think like, I'm not kept up. Is he Marvel kind of into or DC? It? He's Marvel, Marvel right? Yeah, he's an Avenger. I don't. We won't spoil adventures on this podcast. No, no he is Hulk. That that's not you. a spoiler. Game of Thrones, however, just kidding. <laughs> well, um, so we know our names if you haven't listened before, but we have someone else here that's at the table with us. Producer Mike. Hey, how's it going? I'm producing. Mike. <laughs> what the hell? Stop it! <laughs> what? Stop it! Where'd the church mouse go? And who brought in this morning DJ? Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, so I'm a lifelong wrestling oh, fan. Uh, Occasionally, will throw to me to fill in the gaps in their knowledge. Stop. And that's what you get for telling me to be more confident. Oh, no. Well, who hey, told you to be more confident? You know what, though? We're in our 30s now, and, and maybe producer Mike is also feeling that 30s boost. No, I think he's probably like 28, and he doesn't know who he is yet. <laughs> no, I think so he's, he's like changing it up. He's 22, and he's semi-talented. <laughs> is that voice? Wow. That's not Mike. Mike is talented. Mike is yeah. talented and also 22. I think yes. he's Benjamin Buttoning, you know, because like oh. the light talking of producer Mike was more like, you know, he was listening to NPR a lot mm. and he knew what was happening. Yeah. You know? Wow. He's going uh, back. What a nice rebrand as uh, <laughs> producer Mike as a heel. Yeah. Can we call you Professor Mike now <gasps> as the heel? Mike, wow. can you talk into the microphone? I mean, if you want to, you can do that. Oh, there you okay, go. Okay, 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 I get it. Well, producer Mike, among his many other duties producing this show, always puts together some wrestling news for us, but he kind of wants to gloss over most of the wrestling news right now because stuff at the WWE is a mess and not in a way that's fun to talk about. Everyone's mad. WWE is losing viewers. Ratings are low. It's a bummer. Um, yes, I've heard some whispers of this, too, and... Yeah, let's just not even. But we do have one happy thing to discuss. Yeah. Christina, would you like to Oh my god. to talk about your new flame? You guys, I have to cover him next week, but we want to talk about Bray Wyatt's new character. So, like we know that he used to be like a creepy southern cult leader, Rob Zombie fan, which lovely. Uh, carrying the lantern. Oh yes, I forgot about the lantern. The so lantern that's where the fireflies thing is. Yeah, the fireflies are the cell phone mm -hmm. flashlights. Ah, uh, amazing. 
but he is rebranded as a Mr. Rogers type of children's show host. And so it's something Sinister is super is definitely going on. It reminded me the promo reminded me of Too Many Cooks. Yeah, yeah. That's like, what I was saying. Like the adult you swim said adult vibe. swim. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, but specifically like the Too Many co- yeah. like the slow creeping in of like yeah oh. sinister. Uh, I don't even and even the characters like mm-hmm. you got a yeah. buzzard the buzzard and the witch who's like terrifying looking. Abby the oh witch Abby the witch so which scary. I cannot wait to send to my best friend um, um, his original like influence he would always talk about a sister Abigail and so that's you're gonna Abby lose the, your mind when that's you who Abby the witch is I'm so excited to cover him for real wow um also we were like, is he attractive now? Is this, is this like the Braun Strowman effect where Braun took off his shirt and Bray Wyatt put on a sweater and it's just like instant, instant fuckable? I think, you know what? The combination of like a beard and sensible sweater really gets me going, I guess, yeah. these days. <laughs> Speaking of our 30s. Yeah. And like acting skills. Yeah. Like he's good at that. <laughs> That's mainly it. And also like, yeah, it's just, it's done in a way that seems pure, but there is such a madness that's still uh-huh. lurking. And I'm very excited to see what happens. Yeah, but then you got the dreads. Yeah. Whenever he turns yeah. in profile and you see what the bun is, is made of. Yeah, the, but that's, what but the bun that's is mostly, made of. <laughs> that's like a crust punk Rob Zombie thing. That's mm. not so much as a, I mean, it's it's still cultural appropriation, but it it is definitely from... A subculture. It's from a subculture. But, like, still know. not a subculture I am into. No, not 100%. at all. 100%. <laughs> I just want to indicate yeah. Oh, yeah. where it stems from. Mm-hmm. That it's not him being like, hey. <laughs> like, yeah. it's... Oh, he's ha- he has a beret on, too. Yes, he does. Uh, um, Christina's wearing a beret right now. Yes. I went to France, and I decided to troll them by wearing my beret. But joke's on her because she looks great. Yeah. Thank you so much. And we're much. drinking airport wine. Yeah, we're Ooh. drinking wine I bought in the airport in France. It does taste of France. Air France. It yes. tastes France. Um, well, there's no other news oh to talk about. This was, we're really truly breezing through. Perfect. I'm going first this week um, with a, a little light fun segment on Kushida. Who's this? Um, this is going to be so fun, guys. I was just introduced to him myself, and I'm delighted. So, Whoa, as always, cool. I have some gifts. I have a gif of him in the ring, so you can see this is sort of the speed he operates at most of the time. Whoa. He is incredibly quick. He's very good at doing um, the flips. He combines a lot of different styles, so he's really fun mm. to watch. Also, one of his moves is just punching people, which I think is very funny in wrestling. Yeah. Oh, my God. Because um, the other person has to sell it really well, too. Yeah, and he's always getting... And then, like, the official punch. always comes over and is like, oh, no, like, <laughs> after they watched him wind up and clearly go to punch someone. Oh, yeah, I guess you can't really punch anyone, can you? I don't they think that's do, technically a wrestling move, but, boy, does it happen. You can. It's just. Oh, you can. Oh, well. It's like what Katie said. The reason they don't do it is because it's really hard to make it look real. Thank also, you. but it's uh, allowed. One of our favorite, oh. Shane McMahon. I was about to say. I almost said Sean McMahon. <laughs> Sean McBrain with his with his little uh, Mr. Like, T-ball coach. Yep. <laughs> God damn. In his little in the fastest punches. <laughs> yes. Oh. You know what? We're we're gonna God. know it's time to end the podcast when there's no one left to talk about but Shane McMahon. <laughs> yep. Oh God. Mike wants us to, and we won't. You do. Maybe it'll be a surprise sometime for your birthday. Yeah. Um, If only to watch Ricochet throw him around with him clutching his shirt over his belly. (laughs) Oh, so good. Wait, was it Ricochet? No. No, it was um the um Mohawk. Yep. The his Cesaro. 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 Wow. 
It's been a while. Seamus has the mohawk. Yes, I said. I was saying mohawk. His partner. his partner is what mm-hmm. I started to say, and then I said. Word association. You're good at that. I Look. just that was. I said what my brain was saying, but aloud. You were yeah. playing that party game. Yeah, I you was were. in real time. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the anyway, third gift. <laughs> To your guy. <laughs> the third gift is Yoshida, uh, or Kushida, sorry, getting out of, uh, God, we're already drunk, getting out of um, a DeLorean, which we will get to. Put a pin in this DeLorean. Oh, wow. Because okay. it's coming How back could around. You? It's metal. Sorry. Wow. This is so good. <laughs> really, I'm having fun. I'm really sorry. So, Yajiro Kushida was born on May 12th, 1983. So he's a Taurus. All it's right. Taurus season. It's May 12th today. Oh my god. It's his fucking birthday. Wow. This was not planned, but wow, it was really meant to be. Um, Happy he was birthday. born in uh, Tokyo, Japan. Happy birthday, Kushida. He joined a dojo when he was in junior high and learned pro wrestling and MMA. And he actually went into MMA first. He mm. uh, made his professional debut in 2004 and he was undefeated. I mean, he didn't he wasn't around for that long. I think he had like six matches or something total, but he was undefeated. Um, and this was all while he was holding a part-time job for Tokyo Sports Magazine and attending Senshu University. A well-rounded boy. Wow, mm. yeah. So he was offered spots with MMA promotions, but he turned them down to focus on wrestling instead. He took a one-year leave of absence from university and traveled to Mexico with money from his mom. I wrote, cute. Also, happy Mother's Day. Uh, oh, shit. To learn Lucha Libre from El Oriental, he made his debut as a masked wrestler, Yujiro, in September 2005. So he actually learned, like, a bunch of different pro wrestling styles early on, too. Mm. So he's, like, known for combining all these different disciplines. People really call him a a wrestler's wrestler. He's just, like, very good at the technique. Mm. So it's really hard to find um, shots of him from early on in his career. I couldn't Mm. find anything from his MMA days. So the earliest stuff I could find was this shot of him from, like, 2009, I think, on the side. He's wearing full-on track pants. Yeah, he is. or do you have a comment about the pants that I, you want? I don't. Of? Um, the side, like the pattern, it looks like a smaller version of the pant and a foot. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. Like almost like a diagram. Yeah, it does. On I literally pant, yeah. what the pants look like I on th- a man's foot. All of a sudden when I saw it, I thought of them bones, them bones. Them yeah. Bones. Yes, I thought Bones, too. That's so weird. That is very weird. But yeah, it very specifically looks Mm -hmm. like... Yeah, it does. And this is, like, apparently the last time he had short hair, too. It's kind of, like, reddish dyed, but his hair is partially long now, partially shaved. So I have another picture here where you can just see him doing some of his MMA-inspired moves in the ring. So Kishida came back to Japan in early 2006 and signed with the promotion Hustle, which I just love. What Mm. a fun name. He made his debut with them in September 2006 and quickly earned the title of Hustle Supernova. (laughs) Wow. No other information. Just like that. He was also involved in a brainwashing storyline where his friends had to turn him back to babyface, which I thought was really fun. Wait, do you have more details on that? No. So here's the thing. I should say this now. Um, God bless whoever did his Wikipedia but it is so involved in oh. the promotions, who he wrestled when, yeah. and what titles he won, and nothing about the connective tissue. So mm. you can tell that he was having feuds and alliances and yeah. all of the good stuff that we're into. 
But the person who was editing this content was not interested in that. So it was really hard to find out anything about, like, like the what drama, his storylines yeah. were. Yeah, I find that with Japanese wrestlers. That's why yeah. I don't tend to cover them. It's because, like, I'll find someone who I think is cool, and then I'll look and be like, oh, there's, like, no kayfabe. No, it's all... And, and like, clearly stuff was happening, but this was the one thing I could find, mm. basically. So I'm like, damn it. I, well... Yeah, so I don't know. Should but, we make up what we think it is? No? Okay. <laughs> Mike says no. Mike says we shouldn't. Um, brainwashing storyline. I just love that. I know. I mean, line. a brainwashing storyline is always good. Love a good amnesia storyline in most yep. things. Yeah. Um, Kushida began wrestling with All Japan Pro Wrestling in July 2007. By March 2009, he was wrestling in Canada, Mexico, and the United States as well. Mm. So around mm. this time when he was wrestling in Japan, he also lost a number of times to Prince Sevit. Do you remember who that is? Yes. Do you recognize this butt? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's Finn. Um, (laughs) For those at home, you all know this. Uh, But yeah, that was like one of the most recurring. It was like every other sentence you'd be like, and then he lost to him again. So I guess Mm. they weren't a thing. But again, no info. I would have loved to read about that feud. Mm -hmm. Um, So he also wrestled for Smash and New Japan. By April 2011, Kushida was wrestling for New Japan full time. This is one of those classic Wikipedia blocks of text that included a bunch of names and dates that are just too much for me to parse. Yep. He just yes. wrestled everywhere. This yep. was like a, the promo oh, lineup. Yep. It was mm-hmm. so intense. But I did find some pictures from around this time. So you can see him like wrestling as a young and he was still wearing those full on track pants. Um, a large man is stepping on him in one of these pictures, which is concerning. But yeah. I guess he was okay. There wasn't a lot about injuries with him, so. Oh, that's good. I mean, the I guess he's taking person care of himself. I know. <laughs> I was like, if he's a wrestler's wrestler, then maybe he knows how to like. Yeah. As you know. I don't know. Maybe yeah. Maybe he has some like secrets for not getting his Take eyeball care of them. ACLs. Tuck your tuck your neck. Yes, always always tuck the chin. Um, oh yeah, that's the thing. But it is to protect tuck your, your neck. neck. Tuck you your can, neck in. yeah, tuck it right in. That's a Beverly Hills surgeon thing. <laughs> yeah, neck tucks. Just tuck your tuck your neck. Just take it in a little bit. Oh so here's an important thing that happened in 2012. Kashida formed a partnership with Alex Shelley. They teamed up to take on the tag team Forever Hooligans. I wrote lol. Uh, uh, Alex Kozlov and Rocky Romero, and this was in Sacramento, actually. Hmm. Sacramento somewhere in California. They lost, and after the match, Kushida had to save Shelly from getting beaten by a forever hooligans. Drama! Mm-hmm. But then they became a tag team known as the Time Splitters. Yay! Oh, yes. And this is why I wanted to talk about him. Wow. Um, they wrestled together until 2015 and competed everywhere against everyone. Thank you, Wikipedia. That's really the shortest way to put it. And don't worry, they beat forever hooligans like a bunch after that, so they <laughs> got them back. Um, they also competed against the Young Bucks a Oh, lot. nice. Cool, cool. Um... So I know what you're thinking, and yes, they are Back to the Future themed. <gasps> what? How Hence can they the do that? Remember that pin? We have to take yeah. it out of the car. Take um, it out of the car. Kashida <laughs> is Marty, and Alex is Doc. They occasionally enter in a DeLorean, um, oh, but they always no. have Kashida like sync up his watch. That's like part of their entrance. Oh, that's so fun. So you must break some copyright laws. Well, I have a video we're gonna watch later and put in the show notes. And I was like, how did they not mm. get sued? Yeah. It is truly impressive the amount of infringement that happens in one segment i will say it is more interesting it, it that raises the the question of like it's interesting that films have not like 
pay like movie studios haven't like paid wrestlers to take on those personas yeah like maybe they don't want to be affiliated mm. with wrestling per se but it's like the crossover that they do with like the bachelor in movies whenever they do like our good old crossovers the, the, the after the final rows yep. when they wheel out like three celebrities and celebrities are like why am i here yep mm-hmm. or like again the date i will always talk about when they made juan pablo watch zorro Oh my god! Oh I will god. never not talk about when they made Juan Pablo watch Zorro. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. I do because I was like, "This looks like hell." Uh, oh, I mean, there's like a long history of like celebrities shilling movies on Monday Night Raw, and it's always yeah. the cringiest shit ever. Oh yeah, but I mean more like a persona, a wrestling persona based off a movie I feel with like the if movie paying them. Vince McMahon can't make money off of it, so I feel oh. like he's he can't own it. So I feel like he wouldn't want to do it cool Damn. Right. he is trash side bar over <laughs> <laughs> well so the thing about the time splitters you have to know is they have one pose and they will hit it in every picture available so i have a series of pictures it's basically this picture but you can look and see they have I like the, these looks I honestly very good um so they're inspired by in in the loosest sense which is why it's so funny that they rip off everything else so exactly mm. because like Kashida wears a, a a red vest and Alex Shelley honestly is nothing like Doc at all 90% of the time um but sometimes he wears like white and it looks kind of like a lab coat is the most thing I can say but his he usually wears a vest that is studded Kashida wears a red vest over like a denim button-up a la Marty McFly but yep. then their gear has um like it looks like the flux capacitor on the side yeah. of Alex's pants and Kashida wears shorts. He wears mm. like shorts and high boots, which is very funny. So they're effectively pants. It's basically like a crop top and a pant. Yeah, exactly. But a high waisted pants. Yeah. But it has like um clock gears on it and it says time splitters and there's arrows on it. Mm. So they have a really cohesive look that I think is pretty good. But oh, that's fun. It's very funny. Um Wow. So this picture right here is their finishing move, the I-94. Oh, my God. What? I mean, so. Why? Why, why not? Like the Midwest Highway? I don't know why it's called that. I tried to find out. That's so crazy. Um, But it's just basically you stack a bunch of men on top of each other and that then you all like flip. You've got some injuries from that one. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. it's a lot. It's cool. But it's very cool. It's a really cool finishing move. It's yeah. like a multiple person finishing move, yeah. which I I don't like think a... we've seen a lot of, or I no. refuse to retain that information if we have. <laughs> so I really liked it. Um, I feel like we've seen Ricochet do stuff like that. We, yes. I mean, when we saw that, um, the, cage, the war games. Yeah, war games was kind of, they did stuff like a that. A similar thing, yeah, yeah, where it was a, a stack but, of men falling over. But not regularly. And yeah. this this should be called Barrel of Monkeys, in my opinion. Yeah. That That's would be a good name. Be so it's cute. not. It's not as cool as It's sponsored by Barrel of Monkeys, sponsored the game. Barrel of Monkeys, <laughs> Barrel of Monkeys mm-hmm. the game. So, for as much as Kashida doesn't get injured, Alex Shelley does. Oh, no. Uh, he got hurt a lot, particularly in his back. Yikes. Uh-huh. But he still wrestled um, for a while with various hiatuses. After Time Splitters finally called it quits in 2015, he went back to Ring of Honor and formed the Motor City Machine Guns with Chris Saban. Whoa. What a name. So, he's retired now, but I just hope he's taking care of his back. Yeah. Wow. But you can see, look at this. They're, they're one pose. Pose, 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 pose. They really just love pointing at his watch, yep. and Alex makes a mm. weird face every time. Quick question from uh, producer Mike. 
I'm not sure how much you know about Alex, but he has those bands on his arm like um, uh, Ultimate Warrior. Is that like a common wrestling thing? I, or is that an Ultimate Warrior thing? The bicep bands? Yeah, yeah. It's not a common thing, but people do it. I know, but do people do it because of him? Is it like an homage? Or is it... I. I don't Excuse know, but I want to say there were other there. I, I know other wrestlers around the same time that also did it. So it might have just yeah. been a thing around that time. I, I wonder sh- why they did that. Well, I have a theory. Ooh, Ooh. it's not that exciting. I, no, um, I think if you're both your your biceps be bulging that much, you put a little band around him and it makes it look good. Oh, yeah. it's like a, it's like a waist belt. Yes, exactly. Got it's it. like a corset mm-hmm. for like a your arm. <laughs> arm corset yes for uh, muscle definition yeah just to be like look how big my shoulder is and look how big this other part of my arm is. i didn't know if it's like one of those connective tissue what are those like (laughs) t-bands they put on your knee for when you hurt that's what i was wondering yeah yeah maybe i was wondering if it was like either this is like the ultimate warrior so big that people were also doing this Mm -hmm. or (laughs) this is like the live strong bracelet of wrestling oh yeah (laughs) the wwjd Oh my god. No, but it's Jericho. <laughs> it's Jericho. Yep. That's way better. Or what would Jarrett do? Mm. Ooh. It'd be double J. Oh no. Oh my god. <laughs> it would definitely be. What would J J J J Alright. Again, sidebar over. W W J D. I want one of those. We need oh to make it. Yeah. I bet we can. For a while, you could print anything on a rubber bracelet. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all ever been to camp? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, okay, I want to make sure we're all like centered and calm before I move to oh, the next cool. slide oh, no. because we're going to go on a journey. No. Okay. Worse, in my opinion. All right, Is here we go. Bone? <laughs> them bone, them bone. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> we're excited. Oh, I know, I know. No, it's a child in a scary outfit. What? Yes. <laughs> oh, that's terrifying. This is like that Pharrell video with the yep the the things. Uh huh. The marionettes. That's the word. Yes, it is like that. Um. So at Wrestle Kingdom 13. While Kushida was wrestling solo, he made a truly incredible entrance with a small child wearing a hyper-realistic mask of his face. Then a guy entered dressed as Doc Brown, more traditional style, not like how Alex Shelley did it, and he put the kid on an elevator, and they did a bunch of smoke effects, and then they swapped in Kushida. That is awesome. So the idea is that he was little, like something went wrong with the time machine, Yep. and then he got big. But here's my favorite thing about it. So... The child is dressed very classic Marty McFly style mm-hmm. in the vest, etc. But when Kushida came up, like he it. was wearing 100% a different outfit. So they really, they got like most of the way there with the idea. And then they're like, no, he's going to wear his own like special event gear. Um, but it really was very funny. funny to me. And the Doc Brown was very committed, like real props to who this was. I don't know who it was, but oh he was like really. Can we talk about that mask? Right? The mask it's is amazing. So scary. That is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Have you guys seen how uh, brides and gr- like weddings now, the cake toppers can be like super realistic? No. It seems like what? Oh, it's very weird. Katie, you should do it. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's like hyper realistic cake toppers, and they're called. Oh, I I don't know what the company is called, and I won't give them a cent of my money. Uh, <laughs> but I remember walking past like a storefront of theirs. No, because I have pulled. Jesus Christ. Uh, I remember walking past a storefront of theirs, and they have, like, 
various little action like you can make an action figure of a person uh-huh. and they're like playing soccer for like kids or like they're getting married it's like that kind of thing yeah mm-hmm. and this looks like that company that's gotta Wild. be like 3d printer style yeah uh. exactly yeah but all that that's more involved in 3d printing it's yeah it's creepy they like took a break from making kidneys and they did this yeah yeah they're like real quick (laughs) we got a special order for wrestle kingdom yep uh and this is like so like well known yeah this is very funny when you start like googling Kushida, i think this is the first thing that comes up it's like an autofill oh yeah it's like wrestle kingdom 13 entrance and i was like and then kyle actually my husband told me about this Mm. he gave me the tip that i needed to look into this and I'm really glad I did because, again, Wikipedia, God bless, didn't mention this. Of course. What? Rude. How could you not? Huh. If this is in play, would you not even write half a sentence about it? Wow. It's as if we can't even edit it ourselves. I, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great if we did. We I'm took sorry, over we all the wrestling editing. ones. We were like, listen, and just put, this is the drama. And then it was yeah. all the, like, engagements in a section. Oh. Like, the weddings in a it's section. It's just, like, controversies. Yep. Is this, I, believe. I, I truly do think we would need to have a section that was, like, did they marry Kane? Yep. And then we have to have a section that's, like, are they ultimately a good person? Yes. A wrap-up at the end. I want a shirt that says, did they marry Kane? <laughs> did they marry Kane? That would be a great shirt. That would be a really good shirt. Yep. <laughs> Well, Kashida, as far as I can tell, didn't marry Kane. Uh, <laughs> he announced that he was leaving New Japan in January 2019, so okay. quite recently. Oh, wow, um, yeah. Again, numbers and stats are really anathema to me. Uh, again, Wikipedia, they have you covered in this area. But here are some things he accomplished during the stretch of time when he was in Japan. He was a six-time IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, a two-time IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champion with the Time Splitters. He won the 2015 and 2017 Best of the Super Juniors Tournaments, the 2016 Super J Cup, and the 2017 Pro Wrestling World Cup. Wow. Wow. So he's, like, incredibly accomplished. Um, The other word that gets tossed around with him a lot is underrated because he wasn't super well-known in North America. Mm. Um, But he's, like one of the biggest in Japan. So rumors were floating around for a while that Kushida would be coming to WWE and his signing oh. was officially announced a few days before WrestleMania this oh, year. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. So he, great. So now he's on NXT. Oh, that's he awesome. He taped his NXT debut that week. It just aired at the start of May. Oh, awesome. So he's like fresh. Um, he made his debut against Cassius Ono, the guy who mm. wears the big singlet. Yep. Yeah. So I have um, a shot <laughs> of him from that match but he did his whole entrance it's still very back to the future themed it's not as copyright infringy yeah i have um i'll put in the show notes the time splitters wrestle kingdom 8 entrance is the one with the delorean oh cool and Mm. they play the whole like theme (laughs) from the movie they have the logo that's exactly like the the title playing on them they might as well and then they slowly drive up a delorean and get out and it's like do they have the flame tire marks though no they just like slowly drive i know i wish they did because they burn the undertaker and they can't do flames anymore (laughs) (laughs) i wonder if uh like copyright laws are different in japan or something because sometimes like when you're watching the american broadcast of wrestle kingdom They'll just be like, portions of the audio have been edited out. Oh, and so the oh, sound yeah. will just drop. And I I'm bet assuming they are. it's a mm-hmm. copywritten song in Japan. Wow. Or in that's, America that they're playing in Japan. That's yeah. super interesting. Well, I have the vid with the 
the infringing score. So hopefully Ooh. it doesn't get pulled down. Wow. Do you pirate that shit? Yeah. Someone did. It's on YouTube. You use LimeWire? Yeah. <laughs> use Kazaa. <laughs> <laughs> you said that like Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Kazaa. <laughs> Um, the one in the, the look in the center, he looks like he's wearing shorts that are sponsored by Surge. He it truly does. does. Yeah. <laughs> right? I don't know. That's the, I don't. That's. Hmm. I didn't write down what year that was from. That's pre Time Splitters. Yeah. He is still doing the like Time Splitters look by himself, and he wears like wraparound silver sunglasses and stuff. And it's, it's kind of just a general. Yeah. yeah, it's really great. So I got interested in him because um, Kyle was watching NXT, and I saw this match, and I was like. Who the excuse me? There's a there's a Back to the Future, and then oh, that's fell down this rabbit hole. That's so really cool. He is literally just started um, in America. Mm. He's 35, I think now. Oh, wow. So like, he has some time left mm-hmm. if he wants to wrestle. It seems like he's pretty just injury free. Just check on them bones. Yeah, just check on them bones. <laughs> so that's Kashida. Nice. Yay. The end. Oh, you guys, I did this research a week ago, and I'm so excited to go back into it. Um, because I'm doing Luna Vachon today. Mm-hmm. Is that how you pronounce her last name? Oh, God. Mike doesn't know. I don't know either. I didn't look it up. Okay. Uh, the pronunciation. She is a Mad Max looking ass bitch. Um, so, Gertrude Elizabeth Vachon was born on January 12th, 1962, which makes her a Capricorn, which is rare for the wrestlers we've been covering. Yes. Just wanted to say... Um, they're thinking it through too much. They're thinking it through too much. Um, but she, so she was born in Atlanta, Georgia, but she was adopted into the famous Vachon wrestling family when her birth mother married Butcher Vachon. So she oh. was like born to a different father, but then her, and then her, he like adopted her. And even after they got divorced, he stayed like her father, which is lovely. So uh, she used to play in the ring as a child, which resulted in her training with many wrestling stars of the day, even though her family and her close friend, Andre the Giant, whoa, no big deal, uh, object, ever heard of him, objected to her entering the biz, and they considered her wrestler's life too harsh for a female, but she was like, fuck that, and around age 18, 16, started training with her Aunt Vivian, who was also a wrestler, and the fabulous Moolah. Oh, nice. Hmm. Yes. So... She worked for 22 years and was badass the whole time. Katie specifically is really going to love this woman. Ooh. Like the details yeah. on my last page. Like I know like Katie's going to love her so much. So um, Sarah, you will also like her. But okay, I think you'll you. hate her. <laughs> yeah. Let's We're call, all different. Let's fucking call it now. Uh, but let's do some classic like KFAB sum ups. So um, she wrestled for Moolah's all women's promotion as Angel Vachon. Uh, in 1985, she debuted in FCW as a young, soft-spoken reporter named Trudy Hurd, who was giving Kendall Wyndham an award. A melee, melee ensued, and she was slapped twice by Kevin Sullivan. Oh, cool. Oh, my God. Uh, you're just trying to report the news, and some man slaps you? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Being a reporter sounds hard and awful. <laughs> The angle had her driven mad by Sullivan's treatment, and she ended up joining his army of darkness stable under the new ring name Luna Vachon. As part of her gimmick, so, like, she's this reporter, and you can see these pictures from the promotion there. Uh She shaved half of her head, 
which was the first step to her trademark mohawk hairstyle, covered her face in body paint, and continuously sneered. Oh my gosh. Looking back, Fashon expressed her uneasiness about some of the elements of the Satanism angle that took place because, like everyone in the 90s, she was born again in 1994. Mm-hmm. Uh, while in Florida, I mean... <laughs> snaps to her finding herself. Hey, what do you do in the 90s after <laughs> spring break? You get born again. Yep. Um, <laughs> while in Florida... In the ocean. <laughs> What is dead may never die. Uh, <laughs> while in Florida, she began a long feud with Medusa Meekly. I didn't realize how many of these names I don't know how to it's pronounce. Okay. Medusa, a Medusa of some kind, and teamed up with The Lock as the de- Daughters of Darkness. Um, quick sidebar, when I was in high school going into college, my five best friends and I called ourselves, as a joke, the Daughters of Slaughter. We thought it was hilarious. <sighs> wow. And so this specifically, I read it. I was like, oh, cool. Like Daughters of Slaughter. If I walked past y'all in the hallway at school, I would be really stressed out. We didn't go to the same school. No, but if I if I knew, <laughs> duh. I, I had like five friends in my school and everyone else lived somewhere else. No, I just meant if I walked past y'all in the hallway, I'd be very overwhelmed. Oh I my think. God, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Your so, favorite thing to know. Thank you so much. And knowing me and how I feel about people who intimidate me, I would have tried really hard to make you my friend. I would have been your friend. She'd be like, oh my gosh, is it one of your birthdays? Because I just stayed up till two in the morning making these cupcakes. I, I just made some things. Do you want some? <laughs> no, here's the thing. Uh, we'll talk about this after. Okay. Um. But anyway, so... The Daughters of Darkness were part of Sullivan's army. They were like a subset because, you know, they have to separate the men and the women somehow. And uh-huh. if they don't, then chaos Especially reigns. the man that slaps you. you yeah, know? Yes, truly. S- slaps the evil ones. Yeah. <laughs> um, they later provided backup vocals for the thrash metal band Nasty Savage, which I have yet to look up. So, but I have I'm a sure. feeling you're missing out. I also do. So this guy right there looks like Tim Lyons. He does. Oh my to God. A degree, to a degree that I was like, I'm, look, this is a sidebar, and I'm sorry, everyone listening, but it does so much. Yes. It's and a is friend of ours from Chicago. It isn't. Is that, that is actually the man who slapped her, oh. which is what we're going to call Kevin Sullivan from now on. Okay, the man um, who slapped her. That yeah. is the man who slapped her, and that's when they shaved her head because she was so distraught by getting slapped by a man, which, I mean, it sounds like they're just exploring what trauma can do. Yeah. Which is a little forward thinking. Um, and the, Is it? And then there are these... <laughs> That is her and the lock. So that's wow. Lena and that's the lock. And they're punk as fuck. And they basically look like the cover of that um, Kevin Arnold. Is that his name? Or no, Kevin Kevin from The Wonder Years. Kevin can wait. No, Kevin from The Wonder Years. <laughs> I literally thought that's what you were talking about. No, Kevin, Kevin from The Wonder Years. Fred Savage? Fred, yes, Savage. Fred Savage. That movie he made, Little Monsters. It does. It does. It does. Yeah. I'll post it. Don't worry. But it Little looks, Art Mall Cop? It looks, <laughs> So, in the early 90s, Whoa. she oh took God. over management of the Blackhearts, which was a masked tag team coming out of Stampede Wrestling. The team consisted of Tom Nash, a childhood friend of Luna and her then-husband, and David Heath, her future husband. Yes. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yes. We had a love triangle. We had a stable love triangle. It's so perfect. And who wrestled under the names Apocalypse and Destruction, which is basically like what happened to her marriage to one. Yep. <laughs> So, uh, then in 1992, she was wrestling in Puerto Rico, and she had to get David Heath, who is, as you recall, her future husband. Uh, she tried to get him a job with the WWF, which resulted in the WWF developing an interest in her instead, and they hired her, which reminds me of, like, most of my 20s spent, like, trying to get... 
boyfriend's booked on things (laughs) (laughs) anyway so um we should cut that uh that's fine all right so they hired her but not without complications so no one knew where she was she like disappeared her father knew she was staying in florida and the wwf had to hire a private investigator to find her I this what I don't know more about it than I found I tr- you know I dug yeah. uh, but the WWF so they hired someone to find her and then when she was found she was working as a waitress at a restaurant and then she appeared at Wrestlemania <laughs> in April 1993 she was like huh <laughs> let me put like, down these sliders and I'll yeah. get back in the ring truly like it's so funny because she was basically just like I want my my boyfriend to like get hired at this like high profile job and they were like no we like you and she's like huh me in the skirt yeah oh it's just like every cinderella story you it's know so hang up your apron funny. and come fight mm-hmm. oh my god it's so funny anyway so Whoa. during her first ww yeah we're getting into it so during her first wwf stint uh wrestler bam bam bigelow who's the man on the left in the flames who looks like he was in blues traveler had a confrontation <laughs> with sherry this led to him being attacked by Tatanka, and the two of them were feuding. And then soon after, Bam Bam kayfabe announced that he had fallen in love and presented Luna as his main squeeze. Oh my god! He endearingly called her his tick, which fans combined to the name to chant "Luna Tick." Um, oh! By the way, later she was uh, bipolar. She was diagnosed bipolar. Oh, so cool. you know, yeah. Real I don't know AJ I- Lee. Yeah, I was truly. Like, I to say that. OG. OG AJ. Uh, from then on, Bam Bam was seen as blowing kisses to Luna at the end of matches, and in her honor included the moonsault. That was his move, uh, but he redumbed it, the Luna salt, into his repertoire, which, frankly, Luna means moon, so not a huge leap. Mm. Um, eventually, what? But if you watch him do it, it is a huge leap. But Yes! <laughs> I love producers Mike new confidence. This is really good. <laughs> producers <Yes>. Mike <laughs> producers is what I said. Mike, I know. It's like attorney's general. Yeah. That's why I stopped drinking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so eventually uh, Luna was the cause of dissension between Bam Bam and his part-time tag team partner Bastion Absolutely. Bastion Booger. Oh. Oh god. Who had also kayfabe fallen in love with her. Of course. Anyway, another triangle. I mean, she can't stop getting <laughs> dick. Um, so then Luna went to WCW for a minute, then returned to WWF in 1997 as Goldust manager, which helped oh, okay. him reinvent himself uh, as the artist formerly known as Goldust. The pair sported a variety of different outfits and roles, including a dominatrix, mm-hmm. a slave, mm-hmm. New Year baby. <laughs> New Year baby And his nurse Luna's first appearance Had her wheeling The allegedly paralyzed Goldust out to the ring And then blinding Vader With some medical fluid Later when Goldust Dressed like a Christmas tree Recited poems in the ring He was attacked by Santa Claus Who turned out to be Vader You know what I'm furious that I didn't cover this I'm so sorry But no, I'm it's okay it because We have photos <gasps> <laughs> Oh my gosh so here is luna with goldust and there he is as a christmas tree and her wearing like red leggings oh it's just she so we haven't talked about her fashion at all um she looks just super punk rock from the time she gets her head shaved as a reporter after a man slaps her she's the type that like she wears the like high thigh uh like jumpsuit Mm -hmm. leotard very 90s very late 80s early 90s Uh, chokers yeah Mm -hmm. a lot of chokers a lot of chains which seemed to be heavy and then when she got to wwf 
She then took on the role of Guar meets Mad Max mm-hmm. meets rockabilly meets like lingerie. Cat. Yeah, <laughs> we think those are like veins that are painted on the side they of are. her head. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. And she also has really cool fa- and her face paint. Like it was really hard for me to nail down the slides just because, like her face paint varied so much. Like the veins were kind of the most common. Yeah. But like the majority of it was like she would like switch it up yeah. constantly. What it reminded me of is, you know, the like Vaseline commercials when it's like dry skin <laughs> and it like shows like a weird like crocodile skin. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's what her face. The, yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, they would also I don't know if I mentioned this yeah I didn't uh, they would they were the two who would dress up as like different wrestlers so like she dressed up as China oh yeah, that's so yeah. fun with so, the like China dust and yeah the yeah. China dust and like mm-hmm. that thing is she would they would dress up and then just like imitate their moves so I know Luna challenged Sable who was a very popular wrestler at the time to an evening gown match at Unforgiven and scored a victory by stripping her opponent down to her underwear the animosity, I know, mm-hmm. the animosity between Luna and Sable was not entirely kayfabe because Sable was so popular that she adopted a presumptuous attitude towards other competitors. And according to Luna, the two trained in preparation for their WrestleMania match and Sable refused to learn how to take bumps while Luna was threatened by WWF officials that hurting her opponent in the ring would put her job in jeopardy. So they just like didn't get along. Yeah. But apparently, by August 1998, they had patched up their differences, and the latter, Sable, split from Mark Marrow, and was, I don't know what that means, I'm so sorry, introduced her as the newest member of the Human Oddity Stable, which I can only assume is a full house reboot based on the image I have selected. I Oh my This gosh. is truly the best picture we've ever seen on this podcast i feel confident in saying because i saw it in my mind just like it's like a dial tone this like, should honestly be like if aliens ever come down we come should get put, us we should put this on a poster and just write we know we're sorry yeah it's like i, I did you you missed that gold record that was carefully curated entirely but you have this like I mean, there is so much going on in this photo. I know. I'm gonna make it my phone lock screen <laughs> immediately after this. Okay, so clearly we're gonna put this. Producer Mike wanted to note that these two jugglos are legit Violent J and Shaggy Two Dope from Insane Clown Posse, which I knew <laughs> from watching so much gathering coverage. Um, they sang the theme song for the oddities, wow. and they wrestled because 1998 was weird. That was immediately that was going to be my follow-up question. Mike. Was like, did they wrestle? And then we have a man in a mask holding Cartman yeah (laughs) and he's wearing like sweatpants which is basically like what the American political like this is the American political system (laughs) in the late 90s South Park was very popular on signs Oh, I thought you were going to tell me it was very popular. And I was like, okay, Mike, I don't watch it, but like, let's not condescend. No, it's like, (laughs) I didn't understand it when I was a kid and I was watching Raw. How many times Cartman would just show up on posters and like. That's so cute. Saying like, and little Cartmans would be holding up such a good mom. Happy Mother's Day. Mike had a good mom. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She did her best. No, <laughs> no, but like, because Cartman, I always knew that the kids who love South Park loved wrestling. Yep, I know. It there was, was it was a combination. It was yeah. truly just that would have been a great crossover. The Venn the diagram was a circle. Ugh. Yep. But I also have to shout out the man wearing a tie dye shirt. That's the one I wanted to talk about. <laughs> the one that striped pants. But look at his little cap. 
I know. What? And look at his face. Look at the smile. Look, look at his beard. And, and then the giant man wearing the, the Tommy Bahama shirt. Yep. And of oh. course, Luna wearing her best 80s prom queen uniform. Yep. Maybe that was the evening gown. This is... Oh, it probably was, actually. That makes it's sense. It's so much. Um, it's so... I know. It's just... This is what this is wrestling to me. This is wrestling. Absolutely. This is, this is the part Guys, that we're like. I can't yep. wait. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to post it for you. Oh wow. Okay, so at the Royal Rumble in two thousand, uh, this is more of the <laughs> weird sexist stuff. Uh, she participated in the swimsuit contest, of course. but in protest against the event, she refused to take off her gown. And the angle reflected her legitimate dissatisfaction with the sexualization of <gasps> WWF's women's division. Oh my God, Luna. I told you. Get it, Luna. Luna was, re- and not coincidentally, she was released in early 2000 due to Ow. an outburst, quote unquote, backstage. And then she worked the indie circuit until retiring on December 7, 2007, where she was competing in a Great Lakes Championship wrestling match in Milwaukee. Hey. Oh, nice. Yeah. And here are her, like, this is like kind of the summation of her look, which is like she drew, she took like a Bic pen and drew some veins on her face. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then she has, you know, like chains. What you would think of as like 80s dominatrix outfit. There's so many. I'm going to take a moment and Please. count how many <laughs> chains are happening. She's I'll a maester. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we said we weren't going to spoil Game of Thrones, but we might end up yeah. backing our way into spoiling Game yep. of Thrones. She's a maester. She One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. I count thirteen. And who chains. knows what's going on in the back, baby? No, she might have a lot True. more. And then she's holding a chain like from a hardware store, yep. and there are more chains hanging off her arms. And that's if, the one that's higher up on the shelf because the bigger yes, the chain, yeah. the bigger up mm-hmm. on the shelf. They they which doesn't make sense. I know. No, very matter. bad for load bearing. Yeah, truly. Uh, pan out and gold dust is like tied to one of the chains. Yep. <laughs> oh, I would love that. I don't know if that's true. That'd be fun though. I bet he's there. Yeah. He'd be into it. Um, so to take a turn, uh, unfortunately, Luna went the way of many of the wrestlers that we've covered and that she died pretty young. Mm. Uh, so the morning of August 27, 2010, her mother found her at her home in Florida. She's 48 years old and had died from an OD of oxycodone. Oh, my God. And benzodiazepine. Diazepine. Thank you so much. It's Klonopin. Oh. It's a benzo. It's either a Xanax oh, yeah. or a Klonopin. I would have... Yeah, I was trying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Luna had been battling addiction uh, to the medication for some time, and she actually went to rehab that the WWE paid for, which is one of the good things they've done ever, uh, and completed her program in June 2009, so she must have relapsed. Mm-hmm. But also, as we know, typically when someone abuses painkillers, it's because they started using painkillers for an issue. Injury, yeah. Yeah. Uh, she was cremated, and her ashes were scattered at Andre the Giant's ranch Aww. in North Carolina. Oh, my God. Because I've kind of understated it, but they were, like, really good friends. Oh. Like, really good friends. Um, he also wasn't – I think he had already passed, but – Definitely. Yeah, so he had already passed, but they were scattered at his ranch, mm-hmm. what was formerly his ranch, which is really nice. Um, and then you can see her kind of like Mad Max cheerleader. You can see her uh, – Clear, clear umbrella skirt. I'm kind of into that. The you skirt know, is I cute. You might be. Yeah. Um, and I you think can I also could do it with a biker short, and it would look could. really cute. You can also see at a, one point she clearly got blessed, breast implants. Yeah, she did. Uh, which is unfortunate, but also that's what happens. Mm-hmm. Just so, don't pop them. You're fine. Yeah. Truly. Um, I think I have another. Yeah. Okay. So fast facts. 
1994, Luna was the first woman to appear in a WWF video game, and people objected it, and I clicked the link to see, like, what the fuck that meant, and there was no link supporting it. And I was like, great, thank you, Wikipedia. And then I tried to Google it, couldn't find it. Anyway, she was included in WWF Raw in 1994, first woman to do it. That was cool. Luna was also diagnosed with bipolar disorder at one point, but it wasn't really used for her storyline. The lunatic, I think, was more, like, because... Like vibe. fucking look at her, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Then I think it was yeah. an AJ. Like we joked about that, but I don't think it was an AJ Lee type situation. Um, one of her fondest memories about wrestling business was being able to visit children as part of Make a Wish. And after her retirement, she took an interest in fellow Canadian wrestlers, especially Natalia. <gasps> Yay, my girl! Yeah, so she was like super into fostering young female wrestlers, which is very fucking cool. And around two that. Christmas 2009, her house was destroyed by a fire and she lost all of her wrestling memorabilia and other possessions. And Mick Foley had a call for fans to send Luna-related memorabilia to her P.O. box because he's the best man. I have goosebumps. I know. It's so great. Um, So yeah, so she got most of, she got like a shit ton of stuff sent to her P.O. box, which is really nice. Um, Yeah. And that's Luna. I really... Oh, she's great. Look at that face. Yeah, she's a badass. She's such a badass. And it's not just the Mad Max hardware. No. And I've made that joke like 80 times, but it is truly the most accurate. That encapsulates her vibe 100%. Yeah, totally. Um, Before we go to my person, all I want to say is, since you talked about McFoley, is literally I was in the car yesterday, and I just thought about mankind for five minutes, and I just started (laughs) crying for a good 20 minutes laughing at it. Like, I was was just like, like, you were moved? No, I was just laughing at, like, where he was. Yes. Like, the entire thing, I was just like, good God. I love I love this whole persona. Like, everything. such a lovely, and I love that he's a good person. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. um... We'll get ready. Yeah. Because mine yes, features so some feuds, baby. Yay. All right. Oh, you didn't know? You better call somebody. I do not know who this is. I know. Get ready. Brian Gerard James was born May 20th, 1969. Oh, another Taurus? Is that still Taurus? Yes. I'm not going to say. 20s are when they shift. I'm not going to say his main names because there's so many and I'll go through them at the end. So you'll just get revealed to know. I thought this was the best way of doing that, right? Oh, is he in POD? Is that what's happening? (laughs) Doesn't he look like it? Yeah, he does. Uh, Now you know why. I feel so alive. Classic sent me this, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, he made his um, professional wrestling debut on December 4th, December 1st, 1986, where he defeated Kevin Sullivan. The man who slapped Luna. Oh, it is. Oh, yeah. my God. Wow, that's crazy. With the generic man name. Oh, wow. Yeah. The fact that you remember, that is crazy. Thank you so much. It will generic. disappear. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then he had to put his wrestling career on hold to enlist in the United States Marine Corps. As we, as in 1987. Yes. Right. Were we even in, like, a war then? Or was he like, I want to pay for college? No, it's uh, which call it? Was that uh, desert storm? Desert, desert the, yeah, storm. Yeah, there was some. There yeah. was some desert storm. In yeah. It. Hmm. So in 1991, he started wrestling with the Smoky Mountain Wrestling. <laughs> Woo! Um, James made his debut for Smoky Mountain Wrestling on November 20th, 1992, under a mask as the Dark Secret. No. I don't like that. I, I just want to pause to say, Katie sent me this video at like. Midnight? Yes, yes. <laughs> Last night? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Classic goes, how did you find that? And I was like, 
I'm really good at this. Yes. Um, so it's my dark secret. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Where he lost, but as the dark secret, James was it relegated. Like a panty. I'm sorry. It, it sounds like a panty line. I know it does. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he was kind of relegated to jobbing, yeah, which we yeah. all know you lose. Um, so he did that from 1992 into 1993. Mm. The look he had was beyond crazy for it. So in the Tennessee-based promotion. Chris Candido had lost a match to Tim Homer, stipulating that he had to wear a baby bonnet for a long period of time. Normal. So in the video, he's wrestling a guy with a baby bonnet on. Uh Mm -hmm. And so I tried to get as much of a look as you could get, but it had like detail abstract art on his pants, Hmm. which was really cool. I was like, Hmm. oh, that's kind of the first time I'd seen it. Sometimes he'd wear like wings. Like he just did anything to be like, I'm not... Like, I'm a dark secret. Oh, my God. Very, very strange. You should have just worn women's panties, for real. So, on July 19th, now using the Brian Armstrong ring name, he defeated uh, someone in a killer in a dark match. Following this, James would alternate between Brian Armstrong and the dark secret as Mm -hmm. his ring names. (laughs) These are just two. Yeah. Get ready. His butt looks like um, the intro to Rugrats. Yep. (laughs) The abstract art. Yep. It's important for me to say these things. It does. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Uh huh. Oh, yeah. So then, in addition to doing Smoky Mountain, he started to work with WCW Mm. under Brian Armstrong as his ring name. I'm still trying to figure out who he is. Then I can just get ready. This is a mystery. I know. I kind of like this reveal. You won't. No. When oh, really? We, when we get to his most popular, you still won't know. Yeah, okay. but you'll also just be in, like, you'll be like, what is this? Honestly, okay. guys, I was, like, waiting for the reveal that this was Triple H. I know! <laughs> <laughs> okay, don't say. Okay. So, beginning in 1994, James wrestled more frequently for WCW, including a championship against the world television champion. And on um, March 5th, 1994 edition of WCW, your favorite Women Crush Wednesday Women Crush Power Wednesday. Hour. Um, <laughs> Armstrong lost to uh, Tara Rising, who would go on to become James's DX stable mar- stablemate, Triple H. <gasps> Literally a moment later. Yep, in okay, the ladders. So, like, Triple H, we flip his little tile down. That's not who it is. Yeah, no. Guess who? Yeah. <laughs> you just guess who? Yeah, uh-huh. basically. So, <laughs> when he was guess? Brian Armstrong, he would wear, like, He'd wear like Georgia UGA apparel, basically, <laughs> and he had just a Jerry curl that was insane. His hair is yeah, and then he was a diaper man through and through at mm-hmm. the same time. So the thing about Brian Armstrong is he's from a wrestling family. Oh. His dad was a famous wrestler. His brother Brad Armstrong. Look this man up. The photos of him are just spectacular they really are in what way like they stand in front of a waterfall or like he like has like black i mean he has the lipstick. most amazing mullet at one point there, that, yeah, i know what you mean yep got mm-hmm. it cool. just takes over a little bit I was you're like, like what's spectacular yeah is he he's no triple h for you oh, just God, so you know you guys. <laughs> I, i'm going to cover him someday i've just been so tired yep <laughs> okay so wwf James signed with WWF towards the end of 1994. He was billed as the roadie, an assistant to Double J. Is this who we would know? Jeff Jarrett. If y'all remember me talking about Jeff Jarrett. Yes. So he was basically, yeah, just like uh, right beside him, pretending like he was performing with him, singing songs. And they tried to do this huge thing where they were going to do a debut of their song, With My Baby Tonight. 
Yes. And it was like huge promos. They recorded the song. People thought it was going to be like a, a good song in the universe of Jeff Jarrett. Mm-hmm. And then they both got fired from WWF. <laughs> or they left. There's like weird rumors about it. Looking on Reddit, there are people that are so mad Still? about the situation. I just, yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. Ones that have like no picture with their username. Oh, so, you know, yeah. they like logged on just to say one thing and then just disappear. Yeah, what's the Reddit equivalent of an egg? Yeah, <laughs> basically, yeah. So, um, he, they had the whole situation. Then they were supposed to have their performance at the In Your House pay-per-view, of course. <laughs> I love the name In Your House. Of course. Um, and then after leaving WWF, James joined the United States Wrestling Association. Under <laughs> the say the Marine Corps yeah, again. again. <laughs> he had to go back? He, he went to I the, mean, he went he back did. to the Marine Corps. He went twice it back. Was, That's yep. literally, I didn't say that, but was, he went back. Well, like, you know, because I read after leaving the, he joined yep. the United States. I was yep. like, no, he did not. <laughs> Yes, he did that twice, though. Um, But under the ring name Jesse James Armstrong, alongside Jarrett, where he won a lot of matches and before losing a loser leaves town match, which I think that that's just a great idea. Well, they all leave town. I know. Right? That's not like they're no, traveling. But yeah. this way they just show like a ghost town with mm. dust and the guy has to at the end like look back I mean, and then you, kick the dust. You don't even know what oh, you're about to really? say. Right oh now. my God, really? You don't even know. So, I feel like we're both psychic. So yeah. at this time, he's got this like, what would you describe? Just ignore that real quick. The center. Um, what is his look? Is oh, like he cowboy like, honky tonk, no, like a this fun is... ant in Santa Fe. <laughs> yeah, fun oh, ant in Santa Fe. No, really who is the really big country singer who like Garth, Garth, Garth Brooks? Brooks. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, Garth Brooks. Mm-hmm. I love how that you said, "Wow, that is Garth's power." That you said the really big country singer, and we all we said knew. Garth Brooks. It's kind of like the long back Taylor Swift. He was thing. one yeah. of the. He was one of the only like country singers who reached me as someone who didn't live in the south and wasn't in the country no me too me too so like that's why like he was you know carried in drug stores yeah oh he was you couldn't escape him there was even it was he the one with the rock alter ego yes he was yeah what was that wait what What was that his name chris gaines chris Chris gaines oh yeah 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 okay oh i thought you meant the rock because we're doing our wrestling podcast oh no i was like Wait, did he wrestle too? <laughs> that would be truly amazing. Okay. Yeah, no, he just... it, I would not be surprised. I'm so, so sorry, Katie. Please. While this was happening, there was drama between Jeff Jarrett and um, Jesse James about who wrote the song. Kayfabe or? Kayfabe. Okay. So, James, without Jarrett, returned to the WWF in 1996 under the ring name Jesse James, where he revealed himself as... The real Double J and the true singer of With My Baby Tonight. He languished as the undercard singles wrestler until beginning a feud with the Honky Tonk Man. Honky Tonk Man. I just want to say real fast that I've been looking at uh, Professor Mike this whole time. Uh And he has been nodding with the (laughs) self-satisfaction that he gave me this one. He's like, like, enjoy it. He's like sucking the blood out of this. It's his most famous name. Mike Classic? Yeah. <laughs> Why don't we go to the next slide? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So then, listen, this is the best. The way that Wikipedia put this together is great. Okay, perfect. A change in creative direction in the WWF in late 1997 led to Rockabilly, 
the one that we just talked about, mm. oh. um, to accept James's offer as subsequently um, attacking Honky Tonk Man with his own guitar to cement their alliance. <laughs> so soon Wait. after, after they really oh, love no, okay. his wrestling yes, feuding. Okay, yes, got it. So Sorry. Rockabilly reverted to his Billy Gun ring name and adopted the nickname Badass. While Road Dog began to grow out his braids, Jesse James, <laughs> Road Dog began to grow out his braids. In addition to these aesthetic changes, their mannerisms became consistently more controversial and antisocial, <laughs> with the team ultimately becoming known as the New Age Outlaws. These guys straight up look like <laughs> fucking men's rights activists. <laughs> Right, like two, like they look like they're peacocking. Like, I just love the way that Wikipedia like said it. (laughs) The way that Wikipedia said it of like aesthetically, yeah, like yeah, you're so right. That was very wow. Really, props to that whoever edited that because they did a good job. Yeah, we broke out his brace. (laughs) So the fact that they were like, we gotta mention this. I'm really, I'm just confused. So Road Dog is the guy we're talking about, or badasses? So. Who's badass and who's road dog? So (laughs) badass is is his buddy, Billy Gunn. Okay. Brian Armstrong. I'm going to go through it. No, thank you. Because there's so many. Because I was like, like, Rockabilly? (laughs) Sorry, I'm sorry, Mike. I was like, Rockabilly? Boom. Billy Gunn? Boom. This is why I did it as his name, because he's had so many different Yeah, okay. Okay, so, so, So Brian Armstrong. Yes. The man we're covering. Yes. You covered, yes. Yes. He went from <laughs> the dark secret. Yes, he went to the dark secret. He went from the dark secret to the roadie when he was with yes. Jeff Jarrett. And then somehow the roadie turned into just Jesse James, the real double J. With, with two, two M's, M's. Which is the most offensive part to me. Yep. Because that I read man. as Jesse Jams. Jesse Jams? <laughs> like English wise, that's Jesse Jams. <laughs> Also, straight up, both Katie and Sarah are crying, laughing right now. <laughs> so then, from the... <laughs> somehow, the roadie turned into road dog Jesse James. That makes more sense. Yes. Okay, uh-huh. okay. So then, people just started calling him road dog. Mm-hmm. What year are we in? Uh, like, like the 90s? 1994. Okay, okay, okay. okay. That okay. makes sense. That makes sense. So then, this is where it gets even like, is better. this 2013? So the... <laughs> Are you ready for this? Yeah. So the outlaws would continue to feud with the Legion of Doom Mm. and later the short-lived team of Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie. Who the fuck is Is Chainsaw Charlie? Yeah, wow. Before joining D-Generation X. Wow. With Triple H. The night after WrestleMania. So... The pro- promotion of like them together with the entire New Age Outlaws mm. was described as the most popular duo of WWE's Attitude Era. Wow. They were beyond popular. When I said earlier, the saying, um, what is it? You got to do it. You got to do it. Oh, it's, it's him going, yeah. oh, you didn't know? Like, he comes out. <laughs> yes. we, I love, I love Professor Mike's comments. We need to... 
pause yeah, can we so pause? you can yeah. watch the video it's so good. of how insanely popular he is. All right, can we and actually, yeah, also, let's keep this it. in, but let's pause it. All right, okay. so we just watched it. When uh, Classic sent me this video, the first thing I sent him a text that said, there are too many alien like uh, stuffed animals in the crowd to pay attention to what's happening. Oh my god! Because it was like that time. Oh wow! We yeah. are also those yeah. green aliens. Yeah. Wow, we yep. were. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So I was like, wow, this it is really a lot. peaked with blue Abadibo mm-hmm. Abada. So <laughs> which we cut, co- which we covered in my fifth grade choir recital. Oh wow, that's Sh- impressive. Oof, that's very on. trendy too. Thank you so much. That was a teacher who wanted to win over her students. We did a millennium theme. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so what we just watched is their entrance to what was it Wrestlemania yeah and um it was it came out and Jesse James was chugging uh sorry road dog at this point Mm. was chugging water out of a 40 it was a 40 bottle and then spit it into the audience Mm -hmm. and then um Billy just came out and was like what and then of course uh road dog just does his normal which Classic knows the entire thing of. He yeah. melts it, which is my favorite thing. Uh huh. I mean, again, you saw them do it, yeah. right? You saw this happen. You saw all the road dog posters. You saw all the mm-hmm. badass bully oh, gun people posters. People like falling over each other to like yell in unison yeah. with them. Yeah, guys in banana yellow sideways hats oh, mouthing no. along. Like everyone was so yeah. into it. Everyone thought they were so cool. So, Christina. You statistically are wrong. <laughs> it is cool. Objectively cool. Yeah, I mean, that other guy had, like, a tattoo choker on. Yeah. So they were cool. Um, yeah. Guys, I don't want to air Mike and I's breakup. But oh, no. Y'all broke up? Well, I just want to say that. St- <laughs> something, I, something I can't handle is being statistically wrong. Okay. <laughs> Boy, this podcast is Yeah, I'm going to hear about it in the car on the way home. <laughs> There's no way. Um, That's funny because they did drive together. We yeah, did drive did. together. Yeah. Uh, it's just because we live in the same. Anyway. So, so that's oh, what's sorry, happening. We're living together. Do we yeah. 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 Oh yeah, we live together now. Fast forward. Whoa. <laughs> Look, I only love hard. <laughs> so after this, and y'all saw like how much hype there was. No, you're totally right. So shortly before Royal Rumble 1998, the New Age Outlaws do not. Yet, uh, began a feud with McFoley, first fighting him as Dude Love, then as Mankind, and finally as Cactus Jack. Okay. When it became apparent that he needed help dealing with the outlaws, I think we of ca- course, we did yeah. talk about this. Foley brought in Terry Funk as Chainsaw Charlie. Yeah. Following oh. a disqualification against the Legion of Doom at the Royal Rumble, mm-hmm. the team were confronted by DX, who told them they needed to start making waves by acting more controversially. In response to this, the outlaws locked Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie in a dumpster and threw it off the entrance ramp onto the concrete floor. I thought that was a dumpster in that gif, and I'm delighted to find out it is a dumpster full of people. I love that one of the constants in this fucking universe is dumpsters and trash. Yeah, I'm like putting people in things and yep. then pushing them three feet away. Yep. Yeah, it's what like, like the really porta potty one we saw, mm-hmm. like close yeah. to when we started watching. That more was, I'm just thinking about how Braun fights that was trucks, Braun, yep. yeah. which could be a kid show. Braun fights trucks. Oh, that'd be an amazing. My nephew yeah. would lose his mind. Yeah. Mm. 
Anyway. Um, So that's what happened. Um, At WrestleMania, the New Age Outlaws lost the titles to Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie in a dumpster match. Mm -hmm. And then the next night on Raw, however, with the aid of Triple H and Mm X-Pac, the Outlaws regained the title in a steel cage match and officially joining DX. Mm. Also, look, there's another Cartman appearance. <laughs> that's I what I was going to tell No, that's Kyle. <laughs> I did Wait, not... is that Stan or Kyle? Which oh, is the one know. with the green hat? Oh, God. Kyle. I'm showing it's my Kyle. ass no, here. Literally, really? And when he's you wearing said a that... full cast photo. <laughs> yeah. When you said that earlier, that's what I was like. Oh, baby, it's just beginning. Oh, my God, that's so funny that we managed so, to do that. Uh, let's talk about from the entrance and everything, like, outfit-wise. Yeah. What is happening? I What is happening? <laughs> I truly feel like I'm losing my grip on reality with this one. It's because like, right? it is random. It is Jamiroquai. It's so... It's just 90s. Like, it's, there's no other way. It's, like, Jamiroquai. It's bucket hats. It's, like, mm-hmm. those weird half glasses that are back in now. Oh, god damn I it. I hate them so which, much. Which have you guys seen? There's, like, health warnings about it. Because yeah, they're, they're bad like, for your like, eyes. It's bad for your eyes because it doesn't cover. It doesn't actually protect from the sun. Oh, I love Which that. I think is hilarious, especially because, like, yeah, the sun is getting stronger because of global warming. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so. The sun is winning. We must fight it. <laughs> But guys, we're going to all be okay. Braun versus the sun. Yeah. We're all going to be okay, though, because the earth is flat. Yeah, it's fine. But we they truly, when we were watching this video, we all said, I think, independently, he looks like Kid Rock, and yep. it is 100% the vibe he that does. he's going for yeah. in that particular video. But then there's this, like, this rockabilly shit is confounding, because it is kind of the the like hockey the talk thing up to a, oh. a, a billion but then he has a chippendales cuffs yeah <laughs> around his wrist I don't see that as maybe i'm wrong that's so that's rockabilly for men maybe i'm only familiar with rockabilly as women for women I well mean. when it becomes that level of like kitschy yeah. i think that's oh. where the rockabilly oh. factor comes can't in. be which everyone mm-hmm. did not do well at the net ball we'll say almost oh fucking fact yeah yep you that's our separate podcast. That's our separate podcast. Yeah. podcast. We will not continue. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, talk about the Met Ball, the braids, the everything. It's oh. just, no, it's, it's so bad. It's just really they're redneck culture. There, I went yeah. to an elementary school where there were three Timothys in my class. Three Timothys. They, were they all spelled the same way? Yes. Timothy. Yes. Oh, it wasn't like the Thay, like Chalamet. No. Oh, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. That was a Y. That was a hard Y there. Hard y? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Timothy with a Y. Timothy. <laughs> Timothy is how you said it. Timothy. Timothy. Yep. Oh, Timothy man. J. Yep. But I, that's the thing that's confusing to me is because, like, sometimes with the evolution of a character, you can really see the through line. And mm-hmm. other times it does seem like they're just throwing things at the wall and seeing what's sticking. And he's had so many changes. Yep. Throughout his career, yeah. I do feel like he is B. We'll but get of- ready. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. We're but not th- done? No, wait, but real quick. Think about, like, the culture of the 90s. It's, like, that's when, like, quote-unquote random humor, which mm. we all rail against yeah. as comedians because, like, fuck it. But, like, that concept was, like, oh, I just, like, go to the mall and I shout panda. It's so random. And you're, like, this shit sucks. Like, we mm-hmm. all hate it. Mm-hmm. But that was so popular in the 90s. That was, and like, reigning also, supreme. Who was the um, wrestlers who would say, what's And did the, like, were they the Dudley, bro- the, yeah. Dudley oh, brothers? I was, like, there uh-huh. were wrestlers that did that? Yeah. 
the Dudley boys. Sorry. Dudley boys. Sorry. The Dudley brothers. The Dudley brothers of <laughs> yeah. Warner Brothers fame. Yeah, of Warner Brothers. I mean, they are brothers, but they're the Dudley boys. Okay, the no, Dudley boys. Right. But I remember watching. Uh, we watched like some. I think it was WrestleMania, and they were like, "What is that?" And I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. I think the through line of this episode is Surge, the soft drink. Like, <laughs> honestly, yeah. Like honestly, like KFAB sponsored by Surge. Yeah, please, please, it'd be great. Please give us money. Give us money. Thank you. All right. So then. <laughs> What's hap- what just, is yep uh-huh 2002 okay great uh-huh. 2002 road dog jesse james debuted in total non-stop action wrestling so at this point dx he was not really part of it after this there was things about drug speculation alcohol he went through rehab all that jazz i honestly just realized dx is a person and not a stable so here we are nope <laughs> The, op- the opposite. A it's a staple. Oh, wow. Yeah. So all of DX went through? No, just him. DX can... D-Generation like- X yeah. originally uh, was... Qu- quick history lesson. Yes. Uh, D-Generation X was originally uh, the partnership between Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Yes. They had Rick Rude as their manager. They got rid of Rick Rude. They added China. Then they added X-Pac. Then they added the New Age Outlaws. Then Triple H was getting too popular, and he wanted to get, like, the heavyweight title for himself so then he dropped it became the game kept china as his uh like manager for a little bit until he real life got involved with stephanie mcmahon mm-hmm. then he got rid of china they fired china from the company everyone kind of disbanded and pretty much for a period of time everybody was pretty pissed off with triple h oh my god this is why mike is our producer mike is yes. so smart <laughs> and also i'll say one smart? thing <laughs> no i think it's good it's really good. smart you are smart yeah i mean he knows it all this is mike's harry Baby, potter i love for you me. so much <laughs> oh that got so weird i can't wait till we that go was home weird. with all of our pillows oh no okay <laughs> okay so many throw pillows on our couch <laughs> i'm sorry katie katie had the hard job of going last tonight when we're drinking a lot of wine before dinner so i'm, I'm so, so sorry, sorry katie please finish and we'll try to stop ourselves i've got i think i got two I more can't, slides i oh, just Jesus. saw what this thing is yep uh-huh oh. so 2002 road dog jesse james debuted in tna and under his birth name bj james no no he did that because vince wouldn't let him take jesse james wouldn't let him really take Road Dog in general. So he formed a stable with uh, Conan. Conan? Yeah. And um, Ron the Truth Killings, which known, <laughs> and they were known as 3L, uh, the 3L crew. So it was 3LK. No. Yep. The trio went on to become fan favorites and eventually won the NWA World Tag Team Championship on two occasions, and they defended collectively under the Freebird rule. So he was known as the Southern White, and James was dubbed the Trailer Park Gangster or no. B Jizzle. No. no. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, everyone's making bad decisions. Uh, three three L K has the same font as three L W. Yep, that, um, that cool go- girl group. You know what? I guess we were group. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he was part of it from 2003 to 2005. Then he went independent till 2011. Um, so on January 20 uh, in January 2012, Road Dog entered the Royal Rumble match as the 23rd entrant and um, lasted nearly five minutes before being eliminated and then after that 
um, around from 20. Oh, sorry. That was later. So 2005, right after that, he did. He was part of the stable called the Voodoo Kin. Tell us more about it. Okay, so right now at this point, he's in total nonstop action TNA. They were in yeah, a ratings is, yeah. war, kind of a la WCW, against WWE. So they were called the Voodoo Kin Mafia. Yep. They were basically like a reskin of uh, D-Generation X so they could do all the same gimmicks and make as much money because it's got Road Dog in it. And they were called Voodoo Kin Mafia because the initials are VKM, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, and they would <laughs> constantly call out WWE on TNA. And they even, I think, challenged Vince McMahon to a fight where mm. the winner would get a million dollars. And so, they never responded. So what's really interesting about that is, so I tried to look it up, but because, and I'll let you know, you'll know why later, I guess, is um, his his dealings with other people. Oh, so, but at before when he was part of three live crew, he would rap. <laughs> and I watched some of this. There's oh. no way. There's no doubt in my mind that he would rap. Yeah. Why would he not rap? And it is so bad. In three live crew. Yeah. Why would he not mm-hmm. rap? Yeah. So he was, he was a rapper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, wow. yep. Not only John Cena, but also my name is Jesse, and I'm here to say I love wrestling. It's in kind a really of exactly that. <laughs> Honestly, how did you feel at the time when you watched it? I wasn't watching at this point, but okay. I will say I think he's a little bit better than that. Is he? Yeah, I'll defend him. Yeah. Wow. Whoa. Interesting. Mm. So in 2016, Arthro it was reported pillows. that James was going to be working on the writing team on SmackDown. Um. From that moment. Like, from when he was doing Voodoo to now, he was doing independent stuff, promotions, mm. all that jazz, going through rehab, doing more stuff. <laughs> the, standard. The, the standard. The standard. Yes, uh-huh. The yeah. standard wrestling Which, experience. Be true. They would do random appearances as DX, as mm. we saw, where was that? At... Was it raw? Yeah, yeah, raw. Yeah. So they would do random appearances, and he would try to get back together with uh, New Age Outlaws for a minute, and then um, Billy Gunn got really badly injured, and so they completely had to stop. So he started being a writer for SmackDown, and then in January 2018, he made a one night return to Raw, 25 years as part of Deep Generation X reunion. And then they would do certain stuff. They celebrated with the Balor Club and um, just other random stuff. And then he presented Jeff Jarrett with the Hall of Fame. Oh. Yeah. How nice. And they sang their song together. <gasps> the the so, song? Mm-hmm, the song, Oh, my yes. God. And I have the video in here of that. And um, then it was after WrestleMania 35, it was reported that he resigned as head writer of SmackDown. And... Um, that when was WrestleMania 35? I'm sorry. Most recent. recent. Yeah, most yeah. Recent. Oh, this year. And then quite recent. Wow. One source said it's possible James could fill the role of um, Arn Anderson at live events, or even lend his pipes to the commentary desk. Mm. So they're kind of figuring out what he's going to do. But I wanted to go through all of his names yes. at the end. So we have Brian Armstrong, the Dark Secret, <laughs> Jesse James, Jesse James Armstrong, Road Dog. The roadie. Great. And then, wow. of course, we have B-Jizzle. We forgot about B-Jizzle. Of course, we forgot about his BJ. X-Files t-shirt. Yep. And then his oh. X-Files t-shirt. Yep. X-Files sponsored by Surge. Well, it's <laughs> DX. Oh, God. 
Yep. We have to look into DX. Well, so yeah, I yeah. think it'd be really great if we did that. Yeah, yeah. But um, what a wild journey. Yeah. I have wow. to say, you condensed that really well. You and did. I, th- I feel like this was. Kudos for powering through with us being just the worst. No, yes, I enjoyed it. So sorry. No, it was. It's so funny because we do need to eat this mac and cheese. Yes, <laughs> I made mac and cheese for us to deal with this. <laughs> but the thing about it that's crazy is there was so much more because he would do so many different things but just like you said about the wikipedia stuff it's Mm -hmm. super hard to find anything but what championship they got and what promotions they were part of when it's like literally all i want to know is the dumpster stuff i want to know about the bonnet like i want to know about that type of stuff show me the dumpster yeah show me dumpster fire stuff more than anything that's all we need yeah so that is the road dog the road dog officially the road dog yes goodness wow that was his biggest what a person this was great this was (laughs) no you're right like with sarah said it already but i want to reiterate like how well research like that had a very clear through line Mm -hmm. well done oh thank you excellent work very good Damn, what a man. Um, do we have any final thoughts? <gasps> oh, oh, it's ba- ba- baby Seth Rollins with his mom. Oh, that's really cute. <gasps> My ovaries. Producer Mike always gives us a gift on our final thoughts slide. It's very nice. And this is a really nice, what a what And a it's not just is. one for Christina since they just broke up. There are no hearts on it. No, there's not. <laughs> um, I do like the classic wood paneling with grandpa uh-huh. couch. Yep. Very, very yeah. classic. It's mm-hmm. really like um, if we didn't already know his age, now we definitely know yep. his age. There's like three remotes in us. that couch yeah. too. <laughs> Which yeah. is like I want to say he's like 29. Um, it's so funny because anyway whatever. Uh, <laughs> da, da, da. Yes. People, people always seem older. Final thoughts? Uh, so fun. I am excited and scared to listen back to this. I'm yes. fucking pumped. Uh, what a fun night. Guys we all did such a good job. Yes. I'm just really proud of us. Really excited to see um, mac and cheese Me too. Yes. Um, I will also say that uh I forgot the microphones are here several times, which I think oh, Mike yeah. knows. Yeah, he's nodding. Um, just because I was having so much fun with you guys. I know. Mm-hmm. It was very so I hope our, our listeners like it too. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I do want to call out N.T. Krieg, I believe, um, just because the reason I did Luna tonight was because he sent a DM on Instagram, which we'll give you that info for in just a second, but he sent a DM of like some wrestlers that we should cover, and she was already on my list, and I moved it the fuck up because he said it so speaking of which you can uh see what looks we're talking about on instagram at kfab podcast that's k-a-y-f-a-b podcast or if you want to recommend a wrestler for us to review you can tweet at us as well but you can dm us yeah we're not against sliding into dms no we're not very if it's appropriate yeah. Do you check that email? I do check that email. Fuck we have yeah, an Sarah. email that's kfabpodcast, K-A-Y-F-A-B podcast at gmail.com. You guys can yeah. email us, give us recommendations. We've yeah. got stickers. We have stickers. We will send them to you for free. If Happily. you want a sticker, like, please let us know. Yeah. They're cute as fucking hell. We'll yeah, repost some pictures of them so you can see. For sure. We just want to give it in stuff. my phone case at all times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, rate, review, subscribe recommend us to people yeah thank you all that shit thank you so much bye bye